Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically diagnosed with lymphedema seek in-person medical treatment from a certified lymphedema therapist. Hey everybody, and welcome back to today's episode of Lymphedema Podcast. As promised from our live World Lymphedema Day hangout on March 6th, we are carrying over some of that conversation we had with my panelists. So if you missed that conversation, later this summer, I will be releasing all of the um, segments and we will be having those on the podcast over the summer. So this this conversation might come before um for you, or it may be coming after if you were watching us live or not. So um, if you're a little confused, it'll be easy to catch up. We were talking about community and wellness with our ladies from Canada, and that is Amanda Sobe, who is a lymphedema patient herself and a personal trainer, and Bisa Dobson, who is a patient herself as well, but she is also a certified lymphedema therapist and Deborah, who is also a patient. Um, Bisa and Deborah make up conversationally um, thriving with lymphedema. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook. So when we were talking with these ladies, or actually when these ladies were talking amongst themselves for this segment, we got into the topic of comparison and how there's kind of some bullying or some shaming going on within the lymphedema community. And um, backstage on that platform, we had Alexa, um, Arcolano with the Lymphy Life blog and Nicole, I won't even try to say your last name. I will totally mess it up um, with Normal Adjustments podcast. They're both also patients of lymphedema and backstage. They're like, we want to get in on this. We have so much to say. So we are all here today. Um, you're going to hear a lot of voices. They are a lot of female voices. So we're going to do our best to kind of let you know, hey, this is Betty talking or hey, this is Deborah talking um, so that whenever you're listening to this, you're not super confused. But what we're going to talk about today is comparison within our community and maybe even a little bit about leadership um, in our community. So without further um, ado, I guess I'm going to open up the platform and see who might want to go first um, and share their personal experience of a time when they were approached um, and it's often on the internet. It's not usually face-to-face, -face, um, but if anyone has had one of those face-to-face -face, um, encounters, I would like to hear about that. Um, or someone has made you feel less than, like your lymphedema isn't bad enough, you know, or, or maybe um, your lymphedema is too bad. You shouldn't do something. So um, if anyone wants to speak to that, we're going to go ahead and open up the platform here. All right. So Amanda's going to come on first. Hey, Amanda. 
Hi, Betty. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Um, for those of you who may not know me, my name is Amanda Sobe, and I've had lymphedema for 20 years. The doctors diagnosed me as a primary lymphedema case in my right leg, and at that point in time in 2001, there was nothing known about it. All I was given was a prescription for compression stockings and told to get massages for the rest of my life. No care no financial aid, no support. And that was the beginning of a very long, dark road with my health. Um, back in 2001, social media wasn't a thing. So accessing even just information on a website was a little bit difficult or a little bit dodgy, which I think some of my other fellow Olympies are nodding their heads and they kind of sort of have the same upbringing. Anyways, through the long, tumultuous road that I had walked, I uh, didn't come out of the closet with my lymphedema until 2017 when I had won a bodybuilding competition for the sole purpose of trying to gain symmetry in my legs to hopefully make myself and con confidence feel better with regards to getting both legs looking the same. Um, sad but true, even though that I achieved a gold place trophy and I did win, mentally I was not overly happy. I was still very depressed and I wanted to share my story into the lymphedema community and that did not go over so very well. Um, some people were very supportive, but there was a lot of backlash with regards to me overcoming the disease and it was a very unfortunate time for me because I didn't have a support system. Uh, my family couldn't relate. Friends couldn't understand. I tried to make friends in the lymphedema community and tried to connect that way. And it was every time that I tried, it was a closed door and I was very alone, very isolated. And that took me another year or two of depression. Um, currently until 2021, when I did the month-long lymphedema celebration was when I started to find the community and the tribe that we now graciously have today. And that's my story. Thanks for sharing. Um, in your journey, and I know that on some of the interviews you've had, some um, some have shared their journey with this. Um, along the way, have you had individuals or encounters where, um, as a bodybuilder, you know, were you made to feel like your lymphedema was not as significant or you were dramatic about it or, you know, any um, situations that came up throughout that? I tried to share my stories into support groups and I was immediately blocked. Any reason given? Um, I think I defended myself when I made the first original post of just, hey, you guys, look what can be done. Um, don't give up. I hope this offers you inspiration. If anybody wants to learn more, you know, come on over into my world, check it out. You know, like there are things that can be done. I didn't want to be the same hamster wheel of what was me and that there's nothing to be done about it. And when I had said to somebody in the lymphedema support group that this is possible within 24 hours, I was completely blocked and restricted. And I still think I am blocked and restricted to this day. Um, and that was really isolating because I don't think anybody knew um, I was battling with depression. I was suicidal. Uh, I was alone. And um, sorry, when uh, I devoted my page in 2018, January 1st, 2018, I promised myself that I would post every day. I missed one day because I felt I deserved it, but that was the only thing that kept me alive. Um, truly, even though that I have kids, even though that I have, you know, my health back, 
um, I was so isolated just because I kept on reaching out to people and everybody kept turning me away. And um, thankfully now I, it has made me stronger, but it's also made me understand how important it is to connect with other people and to not let one person's opinion or a few people's opinion stop you from trying to just live. Um, I, I think that we need to do a way better job at rising together strong. I think we need to adopt a policy where we don't leave anybody behind. And just because we can't relate or just because we look different or because it feels different, I don't think that that is a ground to uh, isolate or tease or bully anybody because I think people looking at me from the outside they might see me from the head up and think, well, she's a pretty girl. She's got white teeth. She smiles. Surely she has no problems. Um, but I think that is exactly the reason why I am a poster child. It's like the Mona Lisa. Is she really smiling? And I hope that I create a little bit of controversy and I hope I create a little bit of awareness and inspire those around just to keep on hanging in there and to find people to flock with. Nicole, go ahead. Thanks, Amanda, for sharing that. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, um, my Look, there's a lot of things I want to say, but my story starts at birth. Uh, whoever doesn't know my story, just 30 seconds recap. I was born with lymphedema. Um, and, you know, um, as I grew, I consider myself very lucky because uh, the effort to get me help had got me help throughout the years, even though with all complications, etc. Um, I have been lucky to be exposed to those things, but totally the the poster for lymphedema has never been a person like me. Therefore, it was very hard to relate for a very long time to the extent that I separated myself completely, to the extent also that it wasn't only me separating completely, it was also my family separating it because of all the negativity that existed. Lymphedema Podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation, Juzo, Medi USA, and the National Lymphedema Network. Learn more about our sponsors by visiting the website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. So I totally understand what you're saying because, I mean, I was separated. I was a child. I was separated from it. And I'm lucky that I was because, thankfully, I can have this very other view and every other, very other narrative of what lymphedema is for me or the way I express it. But it does. The community is – when I say community, I, I – let me – rephrase that because it, it feels like it's everyone, right? But the the what is out there is very negative. Uh, and a lot of people live in such a deep negativity and sorrow and sadness and 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 you know I, I feel for those people, but then you you try to portray the opposite, which is what I've been trying to do for the last couple of years. Um but because there's a need for it. And because I want to show people that you can twist that perception and that mentality because you can for your benefit. This is not because I want to be blind. This is not because I uh, don't want to look at things properly. This is not because um, I want to like stop reality. Not at all. It's for your benefit. If you live in sorrow and negativity and everything, the, the consequences of that is detrimental. Now you try to portray the opposite. And you do get that backlash a lot because a lot of people kind of restrain from it. Um, I've got I've got very positive feedback. I try to hold to that, and I'm I'm happy for that. But I have got very negative feedback as well. Uh, for example, I post a lot about perception, 
Um, and this is for everyone. It applies for everyone. This is not only lymphedema. For everyone, depending on how you look at things is how you're going to take things. And it depends on how you look at it. It's how um, you can overcome it or not. And, you know, we all go through a process, whatever that is and whatever whatever's affecting you. And I've received messages like it's very easy to think like things that way when you're just in bed and suffering, et cetera, et cetera. Like I've got to all that. Um, and, you know, it, it, maybe this is not only lymphedema, what I'm saying here. I think it, it affects me from different angles from like community wise in the world. But in the lymphedema, unfortunately, we've perpetuated a view of suffering. And I don't think that that's appropriate. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people think the way to get a reaction, and I still think a lot of associations and a lot of the people kind of more senior in, leader, in, in leaders of, of um, organizations or whatever those groups are, have perpetuated that to get a reaction, you have to be suffering or you have to get a reaction, it has to be tragic. And I think that we are in a space in which those things have changed with many movements that are happening now. It's about empowerment. And I think we have a lot of power of changing that narrative in which we are able to live because we did X, Y, Z. Not that, oh my God, this person is in bed, like suffering, etc. Like it, it, it doesn't provide a, a handbook of things to do in order to live what we want here to portray is that we can live right um but yeah i in terms of bringing it back to kind of how how it's been bullying yes my whole life i've been the thing is that sometimes i guess that i try to block things that um that will affect me in negative ways i've been in in multiple centers <laughs> with multiple lymphedema patients i've been denied care because I don't come from a can cancer uh I'm not a cancer patient I've been told no because we only attend cancer patients uh in New York City that is the 95% of the cases otherwise you have to go a hundred percent public uh private route and it costs a lot of money uh and I've been in places in which the age average is probably 60 years and I was the only 20 year old and it was all like, uh, why is she getting two treatments and I'm only getting one? I should get two as well because look, I am like, it, you know, I, I've, I've got that. And, uh, but I think it's all underlined of what I said before is the perpetuation of what the face of it is rather than showing the opposite is there's a, there's a bandwidth of people and there's flavors of people dealing with these things uh, that we have to change. And I think we are in the power right now to change it. I like what you're saying about perception, if that's the word. So I'm, as you guys are talking, I am trying to write down like keywords that I hear you repeating. Um, and Amanda, sadly, I mean, I heard isolated, suicidal, and depressed. Those are the three words that kind of came most frequently through your, your testimony a little bit there. And then Nicole, I'm hearing you talk about um, positive changes and negative outlooks and um, experience. So I feel like everyone here is it has a similar uh, situ or experience, similar experience of like negativity and how it has really negatively affected your mental, emotional, physical health. Um, 
in in the perception that I, I've always wanted to use the podcast for this is to say lymphedema is not a death sentence. You do not have to have lymphedema and Google a picture and see a huge leg on a huge body that is not well kept and think that's my life. I'm going to end up with a huge body part. I'm going to end up stuck in bed and I'm going to die of an infection. Um, and, and so many patients when I was in the clinic actively would say things like I Googled it. You told me not to, but I did. And, and I don't want to end up like this. And I'm like, that's not actually going to happen if we are proactive now. If you change your mindset now, um, you can pop in whenever you want, Nicole. Um, oh, I was I was just going to say, if you tell your patients not to Google it. I tell everyone that I know when they ask me and they don't ask many questions, I'm like, I'll explain to you, don't Google it. Why? Because that's what's been perpetuated so far. And and, and it, it's horrible because it, it it's not all the cases. We have to look at it holistically. Hey, this is Alexa. Um, I think just because we have the shared experience of lymphedema, it's not the same experience for everybody. And I think that's something that is key to breaking down these sort of preconceived ideas that either other patients have about lymphedema or the medical community or the public, I think, um, you know, using my platform with the blog and the social media accounts attached to it, when I post photos of myself, I think, well, a lot of times people don't realize the blog is just this 30-year-old girl by herself running it, and they think, you know, it's it's a bit more of an organized effort or something than that, so they're surprised when they see me, and I've gotten comments that are like, you know, why don't you post pictures of people with real lymphedema? And that that hurts me because I've had, you know, the, the depression and all of that that comes along with it too. And I feel like, oh my gosh, is there gatekeeping to my own illness? Like I can't even be allowed to just struggle or talk about it. But I realized to kind of combat that is we need to kind of raise more visibility of these other experiences that we don't often see. Like um, recently, you know, I, for Black History Month, I did lymphies of color to raise awareness and amplify voices of people in the black community who have it. Men with lymphedema, I did a series on my blog a couple years ago where men from around the world submitted their stories because the face of lymphedema is often a white woman, middle-aged who had breast cancer. Which is bananas because the largest cause of secondary lymphedema in the world is lymphatic filariasis. That's not a white woman with breast cancer and we don't see that, you know, so we need to have more visibility and amplify more experiences of people. And then I think this isolation and the anger that comes from that isolation might kind of stem a little bit because we'll see people will see more of the varied experiences that exist within the patient community and realize, you know, it's not it's not just one way and it's not just one box to fit in. So many different people have lymphedema. This disease doesn't care who you are, where you live, what your life is like, it's it's gonna, gonna hurt either way, you know? So if we uplift these voices and show it's not just us and those of us who have these platforms, I think we have kind of a responsibility to do that. And I think everyone here in, in this um, panel does a really great job of that. I mean, Deborah and Bisa have their Thrivers, you know, series, which is so wonderful. Nicole with her podcast, Amanda, with your series you've done this month, Betty, of course, with your podcast. So I think we have a responsibility as people with platforms to continue to try and show that and kind of chip away at these preconceived uh, ideas or images of what it means to have lymphedema. And I think that will kind of ease a lot of the tensions that we have within the community and the gatekeeping we have 
around the lymphedema experience. Hey everybody, I hope you really enjoyed listening to part one on our episode about community versus comparison. Please be sure to tune in next week for the rest of our episode. We have Deborah and Bisa from Conversationally coming up, as well as some follow-up questions with everyone participating today. I can't wait to share the rest of this conversation with you. It's so important to build up a community of support instead of a community of comparison and tearing each other down. Lymphedema is already isolating enough. We don't want to encourage isolation in this disease and in this community. So I hope you enjoyed listening. If you have any other questions, please email me at lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com. You can visit the website and fill out the form there to contact me directly. Remember, Mother Teresa says loneliness is the most terrible poverty. Lymphedema Podcast is here for you to find help and support on your journey with lymphedema.